Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. Nolte Manning II hanging out, uh, as always, at least for a month or two with... Jen Guberman. Jen Guberman. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty tired, but pretty good. How yeah, about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Good and tired, but uh, but it's a good tired. Yeah. Is yours a good tired? Yeah, it's been like productive, yeah. so I feel like I've accomplished something, Absolutely. but I also kind of want to nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, but the thing is, I always want to nap. I could always nap. That's fair. I mean, I really could. <laughs> I can nap right now and just let you take the show for the next, oh. you know, 23 uh, and a four, 25 more minutes. I'll just nap. Um, this, If you've never listened to the show, uh, it, it's Cinema Scene. We talk movies. Uh, we've been doing it in some form or fashion uh, here at WGWG since 1999, which is crazy. We've been on TV. We've had a TV version of this show as well, and so it's kind of all over the place. We've had co-hosts. We uh, have had filmmakers that we've interviewed, uh, filmmakers in the studio, filmmakers we've talked to wherever they may be. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We we have a blast. And I'm glad that uh, Jen has uh, chosen to spend time with us this semester. Have you enjoyed it so far? You're kind of midway through. Yeah, yeah, I've liked it a lot. And yeah. it's definitely gotten me to watch some movies that I normally wouldn't have gone for. So. Yeah, well, cool. Well, and we'll, we'll cool. talk about um, one of those next week that uh, is limited release. We'll go ahead and give a sneak peek of uh, coming attractions of movies called Loving Vincent. And, and give a little nutshell about um, the movie itself, uh, and then we'll give kind of your we'll give our, both of our reviews of that next week. Sure, um, loving Vincent is actually about pretty much surrounding the death of Vincent Van Gogh. Um, some of the things that led up to it, some of the things that happened after, and a lot of the relationships he had with people um, before and after his death. Um, and it's actually done completely in oil paintings. It was yeah. done by 125 artists over six years. Um, oh, and I think yeah. I read that there were 65,000 frames. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and um, from a, uh, an unusual standpoint and something different standpoint, you're not going to find much like this out there. So uh, you know, animation or is it animation? Hmm, it, I guess it depends on how you look at it. So we'll talk about Loving Vincent next week. Well, last weekend's box office, uh, the number one film was one that was expected to be number one, but they were hoping for uh, for more money on that. We'll talk about that. I'll give my review of that movie. And uh, we've also got a brand new film that's opening in theaters this weekend that uh, Jen will talk about. So uh, let's go through that top five uh, at the box office, and then we'll dive into some of our reviews. Sure. Um, for this past weekend in the box office, starting at number five, we had Kingsman, The Golden Circle, with $8.6 million. Um, closely, actually, above that is number four, My Little Pony, the movie. I can't with, believe that. Yeah, <laughs> with $8.8 million. Um, and then It is still in the top three with $9.9 million. Uh, The Mountain Between Us was number two with $10.5 million. And then a bit of a jump up from that was uh, Blade Runner 2049 with $32.7 million. Yeah, the Mountain Between Us, I think last week you had your mom sitting in as a, uh, <laughs> in the studio uh, as an audience member, as the <laughs> audience member last week here in the studio. Uh, and she was talking about she wanted to see mm-hmm. the Mountain Between Us. Did she get a chance to? Yeah, she went to see it with my dad. Um, she ended up liking it, but I didn't hear any of his opinions. He mentioned that he went. <laughs> yeah. He said that, you know, yeah, I went to the movies with your mom. I haven't been to the movies in so long, but I don't. Know what he thought of right. it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my wife and daughter uh, went to see this, and they were expecting more. It's got some great uh, actors, uh, great cast, uh, Idris Elba um, and also uh, Kate Winslet. Hmm. Is that right? Kate Winslet from uh, Titanic. 
think I'm getting that right. I think that's who's in it. I'll have to look that up and see. I, I, I won't let you know before the show's over if I'm wrong, which I could be. Um, but they went to see it expecting it to be more of a survival film. Um, but it was really more of a love story. They mm-hmm. said the survival part, I mean, you've got these these people that uh, are together on this plane. They crash. It's a, just the two of them that crash and, and survive and have to figure out how to survive together in this frozen wilderness. And uh, all the trailers lead you to believe that that's the story, but that's only one part of the story. And so there's a part of the story where they come home. And um, my wife and daughter both liked it. They said it was good. It was a love story. They said it wasn't what they expected, but they both gave it like an A-. minus. I talked to a friend of mine, Greg Tillman, um, who reviews films with me as well, and he gave it a C. And he said his wife gave it an A. I said, so is it? Is it... Because of the love story, is it is it more uh, you know female um, approachable from a standpoint of, of, of films and and he said uh, he said maybe he said I don't know he said but you know so we've got we've got three three women that that tend to give it the same grade so it's three women against one guy you know I, I would have to go see it and then we could kind of throw in one more in the mix so I don't know but uh, but you, you can take your chances on that but if you're expecting a survival action-adventure kind of movie, that's not what I'm getting the sense that this is uh, based on those that I've spoken with. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, that opened last weekend. Um, did not open as high as people would have hoped, as studios would have hoped. Uh, $32.7 million um, was the uh, kind of opening weekend tally. The movie, about $156 million, uh, give or take, was what the budget was. But this is a sequel to a 1982 film and a lot of people have forgotten that that 1982 film was not a box office smash. Uh, it has long become kind of a cult classic and has been looked back upon as a, uh, a film worth viewing for a lot of different re- reasons. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a huge smash. And uh, I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten that. So they expected this one to come in and, and do kind of like summer box office numbers. Well, we are you know, the first week of October. And, that, you know, we're not going to typically see uh you know 100 million dollar films this month is just not going to happen out on that first weekend that's just kind of rare but uh, i got a chance to check out the film uh it is a sequel to ridley scott's uh kind of cult classic um storyline is you've got uh, these bounty hunters this is sci-fi it's uh, alternate future um 2049 the year 2049 uh, on earth uh, earth is is divided in classes, so those who are very rich, rich and well off, um, live in these kind of outer colonies and outer rim. Uh, they don't live on Earth, which Earth has become this environmental kind of wasteland, um, dirty, grungy. Um, a lot of what you would probably, if you go back to the old West and look at how people lived uh, there, but put city blocks around them and not not many, not much of anything live. Um, there are characters who said, I've never seen a tree before. So that puts you in the context of what this futuristic kind of landscape looks like. Heavy on the commercial end of things, uh, you can't walk anywhere without being bombarded like you're on Times Square um, with holographic images popping up within the fog. Um, but there's this bounty hunter. Um, you've got two really, uh, two different divisions of, of people uh, or characters. You've got humans and then you've got replicants, which are androids uh, that have been created for slave labor. And uh, in the previous film, uh, you had uh, androids that were 
um, going rogue. And so you had these bounty hunters called Blade Runners that would go out, uh, commissioned bounty hunters that would go out and, and retire uh, the rogue uh, replicants. That's the same kind of concept in this one. It's, it's furthered it along. Um, Harrison Ford was in the original. He shows up in this um, about an hour and 45 minutes into the film. He shows up, so he's not the main star. Ryan Gosling uh, stars in this along with Robin Wright. Also, Jared Leto has, um, has a, a, a role in this. And some of the original cast of characters will pop back up in some scenes. But in this one, Ryan Gosling stars as the bounty hunter, and he's going out to... to to bring in someone. If he can't bring him in, he'll take him out. While he's on this job, um, he discovers this box of bones buried under this dead tree. And that's what starts this movie into action. You're trying to figure out, okay, what what's the significance of the box of bones? Um, why does it matter to humans as much as it matters to um, kind of a replicant rebellion? And that's where you see the story kind of taken off. And so the whole time you're you're trying to figure out just how important is it, and if it is so important, uh, you know, will will it end up causing a a, a war? Will it end up um, being buried again? You know, what's going to happen with this? Um, the the movie itself, two hours forty three minutes long, very very long film. But it's very much a visual art fest. As I was watching this, it was beautiful to see on the big screen. Absolutely. Uh, the landscapes, the, the barren landscapes, the, the technology, the way that it was put together. Uh, the story, while it's sci-fi, it was uh, really a story that, um, with any good sci-fi, looks at society, looks at things that happen in society. It does answer the question of, or ask the question of, what does it mean to be human? And do you have to be human to have human qualities and human feelings? Um, so the story I really liked, uh, it was more of a detective mystery drama than it was full-blown sci-fi. This was not all about spaceships and all about the technology. It was much more about the story. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked it better than the first. Um, I actually went back and watched the first uh, last week to, to kind of get reacquainted with it. And... Um, I felt the same way about the first that I did, I mean, this time that I did last time. I thought it was just a, an okay film, but this one really kind of exceeded my expectations. Um, well worth seeing, understanding the kind of film it is. Uh, if you're looking for something that's kind of a slow burn that kind of draws you into this mystery and you see some misdirections that happen, uh, it's well worth it. If, if you're going in thinking you're going to watch a Star Wars kind of film, you will be incredibly disappointed so, so know what you're going in uh, when you go to see this. I'm giving this movie an A uh, on my report card. It's not for everyone. Uh, if you like movie with movies with a whole lot of fast pace all the time, this is not for you. Uh, as I said, if you if you're looking for the kind of sci-fi visual spectacular of explosions and, and ships, that's not the kind of film this is. But if you're looking for more of a mystery detective story that plays out in some interesting ways, I would highly recommend this. And so Blade Runner 2049, an A on my report card. Uh, Any questions or thoughts? The only thought I came up with is, would you say that it kind of fits in the um, dystopian vibe? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was getting from your description. I was like, that sounds really dystopian. (laughs) Very much so. Very much so. Yeah, this is is that, um, you know, there there have been wars that we know of. We don't know exactly the extent of what these wars were. but uh, humanity is uh, 
is like I said, it, it, it's not doesn't seem like it's divided into nations anymore. It's more divided into classes, and kind of where you fit within those classes. Um, there the when you're looking at what's happening on Earth, it's either real dingy, rainy, and it goes between rain and sleet and snow, almost as if you're flipping a coin. That's how fast it 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 goes in between. So, yeah, not a lot of pretty prettiness. In this, so yeah, very, very dystopian. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got a chance to see it, especially on the big screen. Uh, and maybe that was a problem with watching the original. I'm watching it on my laptop, and the original just didn't. Uh, it had some uh, Ridley Scott who did, who's done tons of movies, but uh, was known for uh, for the Alien films, Gladiator, uh, and just tons of other stuff. Um, did that original film, and uh, special effects in many ways were were fresh and new. And so I think that original film. Uh, gave way too much to what they could try to do from a special effects standpoint. And there were times you would see this huge establishing shot of this flying car going through this this city with uh, ads all over the place. But you'd see that several times. And to me, I saw it once and it was amazing, but I didn't need to see that every time you're going back into the city. You don't have to reestablish that. That was something that bothered me watching it a second time. But yeah, uh, worth watching this uh, second film, Blade Runner 2049. All right, let's dive into a film opening this weekend on Friday the 13th. Um, happy Death Day. Uh, I wanted to see this. I wanted to go to the screening. I was unable to, but you took in an early screening. So uh, give me your thoughts on this. So this one, kind of as the title tells, it is a horror movie, but at the same time, there there's an element of comedy that I'll get into in a minute. Um, but Happy Death Day is directed by Christopher Landon, and it's kind of like a Groundhog Day slasher mashup. <laughs> um, it's about this girl named Tree Geldman, a petty sorority girl who's forced to face her death on her birthday over and over until she can figure out who keeps killing her and why. So I thought it was a really interesting concept, and I wasn't sure what to think going into it because, I mean, a little bit of baggage in advance, like thinking of Groundhog Day and things like right. that, they can get... Really old, really fast. Um, A lot of TV shows as well kind of do, at least at some point or another, a Groundhog Day style episode where they repeat the same thing over and over and you get kind of tired of seeing the same things. Um, But this one, I really liked how even though they repeated each day, they still um, added new things and made it interesting to watch. Okay. Um, Also, like I was saying, it's got a bit of a comedy element to it, like dark comedy at times, but at the same time still, it had like... I almost want to say a Mean Girls vibe. I know that I sounds really that, weird. I, I know what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, it had, like, that kind of high school, college-style drama to it where it was, like, just the petty sorority girl. And, I mean, there was one of, like, the head sorority girl. I don't know if that, that kind of position holds a title. <laughs> but um, she's just really petty and makes fun of this one girl for getting chocolate milk with her lunch or whatever. Like, oh, right. you want to be one of the heifers from whatever other sorority. Right. Things like that where it's, like... It's cheesy, but you can tell it was intentional, so it doesn't come gotcha. off as like painfully cheesy. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I think it was really strategically done in that sense because if you're watching a movie about a girl who keeps dying over and over right, on her birthday, right. that'd get really hard to watch after a while. Yeah. Um, but they really they lighten it up a lot with that, um, and it's it's. I think it's refreshing in a, in a way to watch a horror movie that right. makes you laugh at times, yeah. and it's not laughing because it's bad, right, but laughing because right. yeah. you know there's humor in it. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I liked the score in this movie. Um, there's one scene actually pretty early on in it. I don't typically jump when I watch horror movies. Yeah. Um, I went with my boyfriend to this one. Okay. And 
I kind of make fun of him. He's the one who tends to jump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, I tend to sit pretty still through it. But this one, I I have to give it some credit. There was one jump scare that, I mean, I saw it coming. But at the right. same time, I feel like the score was a big part of, like, okay. why I jumped. Because, yeah. like, it really pulled you into it and you didn't realize that it was doing that. Right. Um, and it did that throughout. It wasn't, oh, wow. okay. it wasn't too overkill, at least okay. for me. Um, okay. So I enjoyed that a lot as well. Uh, there were a few points that kind of dragged on. Again, yeah. kind of the whole repetitive day thing. Right. So it's going to do that, which um, I understand you're supposed to get a little annoyed, at, you know, just like how the protagonist is feeling. She wants that day to end. Yes, um, yes. But at the same time, it does kind of make it drag by here and there. But they picked it up pretty quickly after okay. that. Okay. Um, so, so how many times would you say she re- repeated the same okay. day? Do you know? A lot. Really? There were some where it, you could tell, like, it did the little music, like it was a little mashup type thing gotcha. where it just showed, like, little brief snippets, like, right. this is what she did different this day, and this is how she so did it. So kind of that like, montage of, yeah. of, of showing, mm-hmm. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So there were a few time. like that that kind of helped skip some time so you can really understand she's been doing this for a while. Wow. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So, so I guess the, the story question was, is she ever going to figure out how to survive the day. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, because the whole time you're watching it, you're trying to piece together things as okay. well, because every day you're learning more and more about her relationships with the people in her right. life. And like, she's not a great person, especially yeah. at the beginning. So you learn like, there are a lot of people who hate her. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And you just, it's like a mystery at the same time, which is really fun. Wow. Okay. Very cool. So surprisingly um, happy about what you're seeing with yeah. this movie. Yeah, I liked it. I, ha- I gave it in maybe like A, A minus. I wasn't okay. sure which of the two. Still okay. processing. <laughs> well, very good. Well, if you are looking for horror supernatural, uh, go see that this weekend. Stay away from Flatliners. I got a chance to uh, visit Flatliners last weekend. Love the original uh, back from 1990. It was a classic um, film with, with some great names. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, uh, William Baldwin, Oliver Platt. They were all... Um, stars at the time and, and three of those were like major a-list stars and you know it's a film about medical students who are exploring death and trying to figure out what's beyond after you die what happens next and uh, they all um, do this experiment together and they all come back but when they come back some of the things they discovered are not exactly what they hoped for and that's the that's the story in a nutshell um, the original was really creative creepy um, you know, talented cast all rolled together to me made this movie gel. Also had a great director, uh, Joel Schumacher did that original. And I, you know, I wish I could say the same thing about the remake, but I can't. I mean, the, the remake was just, it, it fell short on so many different levels. Uh, the cast did not really gel together. It was not any chemistry between them. Um, the, the story, I, I felt like just drug. Um, and this is not a story that should drag. Uh, I also felt that um, there there were times that the continuity of what was going on wasn't there. I mean, you'd see one scene where uh, you know a, a guy was being attacked by something he doesn't know what, and uh, you know you see him kind of on the edge of you don't know if he's going to survive this, and then it flashes the next scene he's in a bar with his friends. And it's like, well, well, wait a minute, that's about a bad transition there that doesn't quite work it wasn't a dream this guy was really experiencing this what was going on so there were a lot of those things that were happening so it just fell way way well way too short for me but it is a film that i think the story is still an interesting story and i I, that's why they would remake this and um i've said for five years 
at least five years that this would be a good movie to remake because CGI has come such a long way. There's a lot of things they could have done with that. Um, the musical score, they could do some more things with that. They could bring in some more uh, acting talent that's fresh today. And uh, the only, uh, there were you know a couple names, but uh, Ellen Page is, is the name that stands out in this that uh, has been in quite a few films, but she's still not what I would consider uh, an A-list star by today's standards. And uh, she was great. Um, you know, she was the, uh, the kind of the main driving force as far as the character. Very One of the very first scenes, you see her driving in a car with her sister, and she looks down at her cell phone, and then there's an accident. Her sister dies. That's what launches um, that kind of story into, into action is she wants to find out what's, what's after, after death because of what she did. Uh, the responsibility she feels, the guilt she feels about the death of her sister. So uh, I think the story is still strong, but they just didn't find a way to make it work in this remake. The original, I went back, I, I looked, I gave it an A-, minus, and uh, this one I gave a C-. minus. So uh, not a big fan of uh, a Flatliners, uh, the remake. Uh, and it actually uh, caused me to, to go through and, and look at other bad movies that were remade that should have never been remade. But that might be for another show. So uh, let's talk about um, some movies in home delivery. So we've got three. They actually all come out on October 10th. Um, we have Baby Driver, which is an action crime film starring Ansel Elgort from Fault in Our Stars and Kevin Spacey. Uh, Baby's a young and partially hearing impaired getaway driver with an indentured servitude to a crime boss. When his boss gets him into a new heist, Baby finds himself in incredible danger. That is one of my favorite movies of the year. Really? Um, it was quirky. It was different. Um, I had not seen any movie done quite that way before. Um, it did a lot with the soundtrack. It did a lot with uh, with visuals because um, because of this partially deaf um, uh, baby um, who is the you know he's the the wheel man for for, for heist and I loved it. I, I I didn't go in with any expectations whatsoever. Uh, took my son to see this. We saw this, and then we saw uh, War for the Planet of the Apes right after. In both of those movies, you have sign language. And so I'm like, wow, this is like a, a, a sign language extravaganza today, watching this <laughs> double feature. But one of my favorites of the year, and uh, it's and that was uh, released earlier uh, during the summer, and, and I still feel it's one of my favorites of the year, even going into award season. We also have The House, which is a comedy starring Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Um, this one, I saw a lot of trailers for this one, so I'm really excited that it's coming to Redbox. Um, but it's about this couple that after their daughter loses her college scholarship, the couple starts an illegal casino in their friend's house to pay her tuition instead. Exactly so, what that's... I did for my family. So I, <laughs> this was based on my life story. No, it was not based on my life story. Yeah, it does look fun. I, I, I like uh, Polar and Feral. Um, and them together, there's, there's some really good chemistry there. So, uh, yeah, not one of these that I felt like I had to see on the big screen, but definitely one that I want to see. Yeah, I feel like comedies definitely transfer over to smaller screens a lot better than Absolutely. a lot of other films. Yeah, I agree. So, exactly. I agree the same way on that. I'm definitely excited about this one, though. <laughs> um, but then there's also Wish Upon, which, again, all of these come out on October 10th. 
This one is a horror movie about a teen girl who discovers a magic box that grants seven wishes, but as she uses her wishes for personal gain, bad things begin to happen to those around her. Doesn't that always happen that way? You know, Naturally. There's, there's if wish something offers things. you wishes, don't do oh, it. Oh, <laughs> no, stay away from it. There's always a catch. There's always a catch, whether you know it or not. Uh, that was also another summer film that's uh, now uh, available for home delivery. All right. Um, I, let me tell you a movie that is uh, original to Netflix. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King 1992 best-selling book called Gerald's Game. Um, this film uh, is now available, just uh, just released this week, and uh, follows a man and a woman trying to take a weekend away to rekindle their troubled marriage. Um, the husband wants the wife to enter into uh, role-playing uh, and handcuffs her to a bed. She kind of refuses to get any any um, any deeper into the, the role that he's wanting to her to perform, and then the real games begin after he suffers a heart attack uh, and dies. This all happens in the first little bit. And so from that point on, um, the wife is handcuffed to the bed, and you start seeing her um, exploring her past, her present, and the choices she's made. And it's done through hallucinations, uh, or are they hallucinations? <laughs> That's kind of the question. It's really it, um, the kind of the inner demons that she's facing as well. It, it's uh, There are a few flashbacks to her childhood, but for the most part, it's all taking place within that room, in that cabin uh, bedroom. Uh, it, this is a very adult film, uh, adult language, adult from a content standpoint. Uh, there's also some blood and gore and some pretty uh, gruesome um, gore scenes uh, that, that, that happen as well. So uh, not something for the kids. Uh, I will definitely stay stay away from that from a kid's standpoint. Um, some solid and some challenging acting. Um, she was many many times having to, um, she was seeing herself in some of these hallucinations. So there are times that this character's having to react to herself. Um, she was amazing. Uh, I, I cannot pronounce her name. Uh, she was in San Andreas. She was also in Escape from Witch Mountain. Um, she's been with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a couple of different films, um, but but it was a you know interesting film. Like I said, solid uh, acting. It was difficult to watch at times just because of the the subject matter and because of some of the gore. But um, but I'm you know I was impressed with what they were able to do. The the story was was kind of fascinating as you kind of get into it. It was really a uh, it was psychological. Um, because it played with your mind as well. You weren't sure what was real and what was not. Um, you know, it's a type of film that could work as a stage play, I think, very, very well. Um, I'm giving this uh, Stephen King adaptation uh, a B. Um, there's also coming up uh, next month, there's another uh, Stephen King adaptation. I think it's called 1922 that's going to be original for Netflix. And so I need to look into seeing if he's got some kind of deal or arrangement going on with Netflix because there's this stuff going on. Uh, there was a, a mini series or a limited series that came out last year uh, that was connected to one of his books that kind of followed time travel and the JFK assassination. So, uh, you know, King's, he's not lacking for uh, having his stuff visually uh, available. Um, it's on the big screen and it's on the small screen at home as well. Well, let's uh, look at the trailer of the week. Any comments or Questions about that movie? Nothing for me. All right. That's called Gerald's Game, and that is an original for Netflix right now. Let's look at the trailer of the week. Uh, A lot of talk about this particular trailer that uh, debuted uh, during Monday Night Football this past week. So the trailer that I picked was Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, I know a lot of people who are super excited about it. 
I never got into the whole Star Wars thing. <laughs> um, I've only technically seen the first one. What do you mean but, technically? So I saw the first one, but um, one of our students here redid the score for oh. it. So that's the only time I've ever seen it. Wow, okay. Because um, I've only okay. otherwise seen little snippets, and it just never gotcha. really sparked my attention. So okay. I never um, watched them. But I know they're classics, so eventually I'm sure I'll have to watch yeah, them in yeah. my lifetime. Now what about your boyfriend? Um. He, I think, to my understanding, he likes them. Um, he doesn't talk about them a whole lot, but he does once in a while mention that he's excited because I know he saw whatever the one before this one was, and he liked it. Right. So there was uh, Rogue One, and then uh, before that, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. which was just a couple years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, they're popping these out all the time, aren't yeah, they? <laughs> every, every year there is a new uh, Star Wars yeah. film that's coming out, and a big part of that is uh, once Disney bought the rights mm-hmm. to this, they said, "Hey, you know, we we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna try to do something every year." and uh, so far, it's working for them. They're pretty much owning uh, December at the box office for the past three years. Uh, well, and I'm sure they'll they'll own it for this uh, this uh, this season as well. So, as somebody who doesn't know anything about Star Wars except for the bare minimum, do you personally think that they should be watched in order? Or uh, yeah, I, I would not go in watching the Last Jedi um, <laughs> as your first film. Uh, I would not do that. Um, yeah, I would recommend watching them in order. Uh, when I was a kid, um, the movie, um, the, it actually started with episode four. So it started midway through, but it kind of gave you background. And then they went back into it's the 90s and did the prequels. So, um, you know, George Lucas, the creator of this, had in mind the whole time of this grand story that he wanted to tell that would go over the course of, of, of several, several, several films. And, um, you know, he did the original trilogy is what they call it. There was, there was originally just called Star Wars, uh, then The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I think if you watch just those three uh, and then watch these last, last couple, you'd be fine. But I think if you tried to go in watching The Last Jedi, uh, you, there'd be so many characters that you wouldn't have any idea about. Now, we'll say that there were folks that watched um, The Force Awakens that came out a couple years ago that hadn't really seen the originals and there was enough there that this was almost a uh, almost a reboot for the uh, for the storyline for the franchise because it took place so many years later that um, it, it's great if you've got the background because there were some great things that that uh, took you back um, I mean there are characters that show up from those originals that uh, if you know them you understand the history behind them but you don't have to in order to get the story but uh, if, if you're going to try to watch The Last Jedi without having background, I'd say, yeah, you've got a problem there. <laughs> so does that answer your question? Yeah, good to All know. Right, good <laughs> All right, any final thoughts or comments before we wrap up? Nothing for me. All right, that's it for this week's Cinema Scene. I'm Noel Manning. And I'm Jen Gerberman. And this is Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.